If you have your Bibles with you, uh, it would be helpful to have them open at 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're continuing in uh, Peter's instruction to the church, uh, particularly in this section where he's talking about the importance of showing honor to others. And uh, in these verses, he's speaking to wives in particular. Uh, Last time, uh, I was speaking about two weeks ago, uh, we looked particularly at verses 1 and 2. But I didn't want to ignore verses 3 to 5 as well. But as I said then, um, husbands, men, your turn is coming uh, later on, uh, probably next week. So um, uh, just to address the balance, though we are talking particularly to uh, wives this morning, or Peter is, uh, Peter does address husbands later. And I meant to say last time, um, but I'll say it this time, uh, it's not lost on me kind of the irony uh, of um, me talking about these things given that I am a man and I'm also single. Uh, So talking about these instructions that Peter gives to wives uh, can seem a little cheeky. Uh, But uh, it's good to realize that Peter himself was married. Uh, We're told in the Gospels that he had a mother-in-law, so he clearly had a wife, and Paul himself mentions that Peter has had a wife. So Peter is given these instructions with the full knowledge of what it's like to be married. Uh, And it's interesting, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was not married, gives very similar instructions. Uh, So it's the teaching of God's word. It's not the teaching of men alone. So we should bear that in mind. Uh, Last time we were seeing how uh, Peter teaches how wives should honour their husbands. But in verses 3, 4 and 5, he describes how wives should uh, concentrate not on their outward appearance, but on the appearance of their hearts and Uh, I need to avoid generalizations here. I need to tread very carefully. But it's generally true that, again, generally speaking, women tend to be more concerned with their appearance than men are. Uh, That's not necessarily to men's credit because men tend to love other things. Women might spend a lot of money on shoes and makeup and cosmetics, but men tend to spend too much money on gadgets and cars and um, things which uh, are considered status symbols. So both men and women are at fault in different ways, but Peter recognises that women in particular can fall into the danger of being overly concerned with their appearance in a similar way to how men can become overly concerned with their status. And so with that danger in mind, Peter says these words. Speaking to wives, he says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Peter says, do not let your adornment, 
do not let all your concentration be merely on what you look like on the outside, how you arrange your hair, uh, the jewellery you wear, the clothes that you put on. Uh, Notice he doesn't say that those things are wrong in themselves. Um, Otherwise, he would be saying that we shouldn't wear clothes, which is, of course, nonsense. All those things are good and right in their place. The danger is that those things can become central. They can become the most important thing. And something more important can be neglected. And again, although I say this, Peter's addressing these words particularly to wives, to women, uh, increasingly in today's society, it's a problem for men as well. Uh, Vanity is a huge issue. Uh, I'd read just recently of a man who um, went to a tattoo artist, and uh, this uh, man evidently didn't like the idea of, you know, strenuous working out and eating right, and so he asked the tattoo artist if he could tattoo abs, uh, six-pack, uh, on his belly, uh, so he could have the look without the reality. And we laugh because it's so nonsensical, and yet we can fall into the same trap in other ways. We can be so concerned about the outward appearance that we forget the reality. And in these verses, Peter gives uh, three reasons, essentially, why we shouldn't focus on the outward appearance alone, why that is a foolish thing to do. Uh, Peter explains that good looks... Uh, appearances can be misleading. Uh, He says good looks are temporary and good looks are subjective. And that's where we're going this morning. We're just going to look at those three areas to see what we can learn from what Peter says. Good looks are misleading, good looks are temporary, and good looks are subjective. Uh, So let's look at the first one. Uh, Good looks are misleading. Um, Peter writes in verse 4, or I'll read from verse 3. It says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on a fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. Peter says, Don't focus on the outward, the bit which everyone sees. But concern yourself first with the hidden person of the heart, the bit which people can't see immediately. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. The wise man who wrote those words says, Charm is deceitful. Uh, If you've ever been involved in advertising, you may have heard the phrase uh, a halo effect. Uh, And advertisers are well aware of this thing they call the halo effect. And what this is simply is they know that attractive people tend to be more trusted by others. Uh, This is why when you go to buy a car, generally, uh, you'll be Attempted to sell, the person trying to sell it to you will be dressed very nicely. 
Uh, often there'll be an attractive person they're put on the shop floor for that reason. And it's because of this thing they call the halo effect. We see someone who looks attractive, who looks beautiful, who looks clean, who looks tidy, who looks smart, and we think, well, they must be trustworthy. Someone that beautiful, someone that smart, could not be lying to me, surely. And we might think, well, of course, that's nonsense, but we all fall for it. Uh, there's something in our minds that tends to trust attractive people more. And they've done many surveys and studies on this to show that it's the case. But of course, just a few moments' thought should tell us that that can't possibly be true, that just because someone's attractive means nothing about how trustworthy they are. Uh, Plenty of con artists uh, have been attractive people. Uh, Many swindlers use their good looks in order to win people's trust. Um, Many handsome men have used their looks to uh, deceive women. Uh, It happens all the time. And Peter says that good looks are misleading. They cannot give you a clear picture of the heart. Uh, You might be good-looking with a good heart, or you might be good-looking with a bad heart. You can't tell merely from the outside. And Peter says, don't focus on the outer. Focus on the inner. Focus on the hidden person of the heart. Because that's where true honesty is. That's where true trustworthiness is, regardless of what you look like on the outside. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 22 says, As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Uh, The meaning of that is quite simple. Um, The um, author of Proverbs is simply saying that it doesn't matter how beautiful you are on the outside. If you're ugly on the inside, it's like a ring of gold in a swine's snout. Uh, That ring of gold might be very beautiful, but it's overwhelmed by the ugliness of the pig. And so it is with an ugly character. You might be very beautiful on the outside. Uh, You may have had many injections and used many cosmetics. But if you've got an ugly heart, then your beauty is just like a ring of gold in a swine's snout. What matters most is the hidden person of the heart. That is far more precious in God's sight. Now, I sometimes like to imagine uh, how different people would look if their outward appearance matched their inner character. Uh, If um, a bad temper, for example, manifested itself with boils on the face. Uh, Or if deceitfulness showed itself in deep scars. Uh, What would we look like? if our inner character displayed itself in our looks on the outside. Uh, Perhaps that thought horrifies us. (laughs) Well, that's why Peter says, focus on the hidden person of the heart, because that's what God sees. God sees our character over and above our appearance. That leads on to the second thing that Peter says. Uh, Let's continue reading. Verse 4, Peter says, Rather, 
Let it be the hidden of the person of the person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Peter warns that good looks are misleading, but now he talks about how good looks are temporary. Uh, he speaks of the character of the heart as being incorruptible, whereas good looks are corruptible. And good looks, at best, last a lifetime. And for most of us, they don't last that long, <laughs> if we're honest. Um, good looks passing. Uh, good looks last for a few years of life, and then life takes its toll on all of us. Uh, they do not last forever. Um, but good character, truly good character, the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, that lasts for all eternity. No one can take that away from us. Uh, the passing of time improves good character, or else, or at least it should. Whereas the passing of time often causes good looks to diminish. Um, I don't know this for sure, um, but it's at least possible uh, that there's a relationship between our behaviour on earth and how we'll enjoy heaven when we get there. Um, I once read of a conversation between uh, two people who uh, were discussing the question of whether there would be books in heaven. And uh, one raised the question, and the other said, oh, yes, I'm sure there will be, but only the books that you lent or gave away to others. Now, the Bible doesn't teach that. Um, but it's an interesting idea that the way we behave on earth has an effect on our enjoyment of heaven later. The idea that... Uh, our house in the new heavens and in the new earth will be uh, as big or as small as how hospitable we were on earth. And you might say, well, that's fanciful. Uh, the Bible doesn't teach that. But Jesus does come close. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. Jesus said, When you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory from men, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. Jesus says that if we live just for the here and now on this earth, uh, we will get, get a certain reward from people. Uh, people will look at us and perhaps praise us. Um, if we beautify ourselves, people will admire us. But Jesus said... If that's you, you've had your reward. It's on earth. Far better to look to a heavenly reward. Don't focus on being admired by men on earth. Focus on pleasing God in heaven. And Jesus said, what you do in secret, God will reward openly. Now, to make absolutely clear, the Bible says that we're not saved by doing good. We're not saved by uh, our desire to please God on earth. Our good works can never 
outweigh our bads. We have to rely on Christ who died for our sins so that we could be forgiven. But if we have been forgiven, if we're a believer here this morning, if we're trusting in Christ, if he's given us a new heart, then our behavior now should reflect the new heart that we have been given. And Jesus, like Peter in these verses, says, don't focus on the here and now. Don't aim for the biggest bank balance. Don't aim to look attractive in the eyes of others only. But look to God. Lay up treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Because that's the problem. This earth's passing away. This earth will not live, will not be forever. Uh, Your bank balance will be emptied one day. Your good looks will fade one day. Your possessions will be given to another one day. It's foolish to live for those things. Instead, we should live for that which lasts forever. God's kingdom and more personally, our character, which God forms within us. That is exceedingly more precious in God's sight. Uh, Do you notice how Peter describes in verse 4? He says, The hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Uh, The idea here is of a peaceful and controlled person. That's what it means to have a gentle and quiet spirit. Uh, That word gentle can be translated meek. And meek does not mean weak. They sound alike, but they're not the same. Uh, Meekness is controlled strength. It's having strength, having power, but choosing not to exercise it for the good of others. Uh, Think of a strong man holding a baby. Uh, He could crush that baby with his strength, but a meek man will hold that baby gently. It's harnessed strength. Not living on the whim of your emotions, but controlling your emotions. That's the idea conveyed by the word gentle. Uh, Again, a quiet spirit. Again, that's not speaking so much about talking less or more. That's not really the point. The point is having a peaceful spirit, a heart which trusts God. One which isn't fretting, one which isn't anxious and constantly going around trying to fix every problem and trying to gain control. But one which is peaceful, one which rests in God. Did you notice what it said in verse 6? Uh, Well, I'll read from verse 5. Peter says, For in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Uh, It's a sad fact of life, isn't it, that women are more vulnerable than men. Women have, in some senses at least, more things to fear than men do, at least physically. But what Peter is saying here is that there's great preciousness 
in putting your trust in God. There's a peace which comes from living your life knowing that God works all things together for good for those who love him. That's what it means to have a beautiful spirit, one which trusts God and one which uses strength not to destroy, but to love. That, of course, is the kind of beauty which Jesus displayed. Uh, Essentially, if you read Isaiah chapter 53, uh, it says that Jesus had no beauty that we might desire him. And what that means is, outwardly, Jesus didn't look particularly special. Uh, He wasn't especially good-looking. He wasn't especially strong. Uh, He wasn't especially tall. Uh, There was nothing about him that made you think he was an impressive person outwardly. And yet, of course, he was the most beautiful person that has ever existed. Because Jesus had the beauty of holiness which is the most precious thing. And he demonstrated it by coming to this world, leaving the joy, the comfort of heaven, and spending his life for us. Again, he wasn't concerned with what people thought of him outwardly, in terms of his looks, but he spent his life for the good of all those who will trust in him. He gave his life for us. That was the beauty of Christ. And we, as his followers, if we are trusting in him, get to give a little reflection of that in our lives. We get to shine in others, in the eyes of others, and reflect God's glory, to reflect Christ's glory to others. But again, that's not to do with our outward appearance so much. It's about our character of heart. So that's the second thing Peter explains uh, he says that good looks are um, the first one now. <laughs> good looks are misleading. Uh, good looks are temporary. But lastly, he says good looks are subjective. Uh, let's look again at verse four. He says the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God said, the beauty of the hidden person of the heart, which is very precious in the sight of God. And we've all heard the expression, haven't we? Uh, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, We all know what that means, don't we? We know that beauty is subjective. Uh, Some people like blonde hair. Some people like brown hair. Some people like tall people. Some people like short people. Uh, beauty is not uniform some people find something beautiful which other people don't and vice versa Uh, beauty to some extent at least is subjective Uh, I once read another story about a missionary uh, in West Africa who discovered uh, something strange about the culture that he was um, a missionary in Uh, and he obviously came from a western culture and in our culture we tend to view skinnier people as more attractive. For whatever reason, that's uh, the way we view beauty. Uh, Just look at Barbie dolls and uh, things like that. But in this society, in West Africa, uh, the women were considered more beautiful the larger they were. 
in fact, this young missionary, he had a small, slim wife, and the nationals of this country told him that she was a bad reflection on him, uh, because obviously he wasn't providing well enough for her, otherwise she wouldn't be so small. And in fact, apparently there was a proverb in that part of Africa which says that if your wife is on a camel and the camel cannot stand up, your wife is truly beautiful. <laughs> that was their standard of beauty. Uh, but the point is it teaches us that to an extent, beauty is subjective. Uh, it's foolish for us to be constantly trying to please those around us because you cannot please everyone all the time. It's absolutely impossible. Uh, there's comfort here in that. Uh, the comfort is that uh, if someone doesn't find you attractive for some cosmetic reason, uh, don't fret about it. Don't worry too much. There'll be someone else who does. That thing which that person doesn't like about you, someone else might love about you. Beauty is subjective. We should not spend our lives seeking to please all those around us. Instead, there's one person, one beholder, who we should concentrate most upon. Again, as Peter said, the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. That's who we should be most concerned about. What does God think of me? Uh, not what does that person at school, that person at work, uh, whoever the other person might be. Not what do they think of me, but what does God think of me? What does God see when he looks at me? And I'll tell you this, he doesn't care very much about your outward appearance. Perhaps to some extent our outward appearance demonstrates certain things about our inner appearance. That's probably true. Laziness can be shown in our outward appearance. Um, uh, lack of respect might be, be shown in our outward appearance. But generally speaking, God doesn't really care about what we look like on the outside. What he cares about is what we look like on the inside. And why? Why would we want the smile of a few for a small number of years when we could enjoy the smile of God for all eternity? Which would you rather have? I often think of that verse where Jesus said uh, in one of the parables that the good servant, the servant who serves God faithfully, who trusts in him, when he had finally, uh, as it were, arrives in heaven, God will say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. And I can't think of better words to hear. Uh, we all love it when people say well done to us, don't we? Uh, even if we don't admit it, we like it when someone commends us for something good that we have done. It gives us that kind of warm feeling on the inside. Well, imagine that, but God saying to you, well done, good and faithful servant. That eclipses all the commendations, all the praise, all the admiration of all the people on earth. 
to have God simply say once, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we should primarily be living for. Not to please others, but to please God. To be beautiful in his sight and not merely in the eyes of others. So that's the essence of what Peter shares in these verses. Verse 3, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging of the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. Good looks are misleading. Good looks are temporary. Good looks are subjective. But the beauty of the heart is precious in God's sight. And with those thoughts, I've chosen as our final hymn, number 751. 751, and I've um, chosen this particularly uh, because of verse 6, where it talks about uh, being daughters of Sarah if you do good and not afraid with any terror. And this hymn is a hymn of trust and uh, renouncing fears because we trust in God. It's 751. Give to the winds thy fears, hope and be undismayed. God hears thy sighs and counts thy tears. God shall lift up thy head. Through waves and clouds and storms, he gently clears thy way. Wait thou his time, so shall this night soon end in joyous day. So let's stand to sing in closing 751.